Hello and welcome to the Love Lisa podcast, where we talk about all things spiritual and self-help. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode. It's just me, Lisa. Um, This week I will be solo gaming it. Um, And yeah, hopefully, we've never done this before. I'm actually at the beach currently, um, sitting in my car and uh, it's a gorgeous day. It's like people are in swimsuits and the sun is shining and we'll see. I feel (laughs) a sense of insecurity coming up, you know, because I'm out in public doing this and we got the windows open and I don't know how the sound's gonna be, but you know what, we're we're trying this and we'll see how it goes. Um, This week, I wanted to talk about that inner critic. Um, And for me, like really under, wanting to kind of understand more about what it is, where it develops. Um, Most of us are aware that we have an inner critic or that we've had an inner critic before. And I wanted to look into ways, um, I know how I've kind of worked through my inner critic, but I wanted to provide other ways that other people have learned how to work through this sort of um, human condition, because really that's ultimately what it is but um, really if I was just just trying to describe what the inner critic is in case there's somebody out there that's like I've never heard of that Um, basically it's like that internal voice inside of you that is pretty critical of not just yourself but of others like your inner critic can also be very harsh towards other people which is really just you know speaking towards what you're hard on yourself towards but um, Yeah, a lot of us could potentially live unconsciously completely to it, not know that we even have one, or only be conscious of certain situations where it comes up, or only become aware of it during, like I just said, certain times, or certain instances where you know it comes up. So, I think that it all kind of comes down to a lot as like we, for a lot of us, we don't really truly realize how harmful it is and how much it is actually causing so many of the troubles in our lives and making just being a lot more difficult for us. So I kind of wanted to dive a bit into how it develops. Like where does it come from? Where does it start? And as with many things, and as you can probably guess, it starts in childhood for most of us. Um, And a lot of it is based on what you heard as a child. So it could be from parents, other family members, teachers, or just influential adults in your life. Could be siblings, peers, society. So what happens is, um, first it kind of starts with there's this defense that's built. So say, you are neglected. Let's go really extreme with this. You're completely neglected as a child. Your needs are needs are not met. So you develop this defense or this belief that I don't need anyone. I do not need anyone. That is the belief and that is the defense that you've set up because you didn't get your needs met. 
Then what happens is you've gotten this belief going, you've gotten this defense system going, I don't need nobody, I don't need nobody, so that when some, a situation comes up where maybe a part of you is like, oh, it would be really nice if I could like, you know, talk to somebody about this, or like, I, I feel like I actually maybe do need something, or I do need someone. That's where the inner critic comes in. That's where their power is held is the inner critic speaks up to tell you that you're too needy. Um, and what it is doing is it is like pounding down and it is reinforcing the belief. So you have this thought of like, I could really use somebody right now, but that goes against your inner belief system of I don't need anybody. And the inner critic steps in to tell you that what you need right now is wrong. And it kind of will reinforce the belief that I don't need anybody. So it's kind of works in cahoots with whatever your belief system is. So it will talk negatively and really just point you in the direction of where you're holding a belief. So I'll, I'll do a different example. Just, um, you know, say a lot as a child, you weren't allowed to rest. If you were resting, you were being lazy or you were not being productive, then you weren't helping the family or you needed to do this, you needed to do that, that sort of stuff. So you develop this state of being and this belief that um, if I am not doing, I am lazy. So now every time you sit down to relax because your body just wants to relax, that inner critic speaks up and says, you're being lazy to reinforce the belief system that you have. <laughs> I hope this makes sense. It's very fascinating that one feeds off the other and you cannot have an inner critic speaking up unless you're holding a belief around something. So when you hear that inner critic, it's time to go inside yourself and ask yourself, where's the belief that is attached to that? What belief am I carrying that is making my inner critic speak up right now? Um, it's truly to point you in that direction. And um, basically, as I've said, the critic is what intensifies the beliefs and supports the defense that you set up. Uh, so it's almost like your brain really wanted to protect you and it's like, okay, they have this belief and um, I need to keep that belief going. So I'm gonna set up this like really nasty voice and anytime they try to step out of that belief or cross that belief, I'm gonna make sure that voice comes in to make them stay in that belief. Um, so really paying attention to when that critic is talking because really that's showing you, showing you something. And so, okay, I found this absolutely so 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 fascinating and something to really understand I mean I talk a lot about um, childhood childhood trauma inner wounding stuff that happens to us as a child really shapes who we are who we become and a lot of what got set in stone um, it's not your fault for believing it at the time. There's no fault here, even for your parents having said it. It's just, <laughs> it is what it was. And it is what it is until you change it. But it helped me to understand it in this, in this way that I'll explain in a second, is that 
you are biologically wired to only see your parents as absolutely right all the time and perfect. That everything that they do or they say is law and it is right. That is biologically wired in you. You are not able as a child to question really what's going on because it wouldn't be beneficial for your survival to doubt your caregiver. So it's like, it's so innately programmed into our blood and our cells and our genetics that we must trust the caregiver. So when you are punished when you're a child or when you're told things as a child, like you're selfish for not wanting to help me or you're too needy or you're, um, you're being bad or you're not listening and that makes you bad, like that kind of stuff. You are so perceptive and open as a child that you believe that as law because the parent is always right. The parent is, is God to you as a child. And so that's why it's so easy for this stuff to get like put into you and programmed into you because um, it's just how, how open and receptive you were as a child. Anything that you were told basically you would believe. Um, you can call it gullible, you can call it whatever you want, but really it's just how you're biologically wired. So knowing this, have forgiveness for yourself for not knowing better. And second of all, now that you're an adult and you can um, understand that you weren't too needy for wanting attention, you um, weren't bad for not listening. Once you understand that, that's where you come in and you step in as your adult self to take care of that inner child that is still holding on to those beliefs. You can now step in, talk to that child that is still in there and help them through that situation. Um, as we grow up, we start to realize, whoa, like what we believed it's not our faults for believing it, but we have the power to change it now um, once you become aware that it's there. So what happens for a lot of us is because we were so open, we were so receptive as children, we created all these beliefs, we were told all these things that of course were true because our parents said them. I, uh, I always think about too, like, how many like weird little like, old wives tales and stuff that your parents would tell you, you know, and, uh, you do, you get to an age where you forget about them or you, you think like, how did I believe that? You know, your parents telling you like your face is going to get stuck like that. If you make that face too long or, you know, whatever, whatever those kind of beliefs are. I always think those are so funny, um, to look back on. You're like, wow, <laughs> I haven't really believed anything. Hey, um, but there's a lot more serious stuff that we, we are told as children, um, even by teachers. Oh, and there's a beautiful heron flying over. This is very distracting for me to be at the beach, but um, the sun is so glorious right now, you guys. I wish I could show you what I'm looking at. Um, yeah, but anyways, so the defenses and beliefs get made as a child, they get concreted, and then we carry those into adulthood. And what they do is they end up like tricking us into believing that we are still living in that world we lived in as a child. So it will create 
environments and situations in which those defenses and that inner critic will talk again and again and again and make us believe that we are still that inner child existing in this timeline. Um, and we're not. You're an adult. You can think, do, feel whatever you want and you do not have to believe, think, or yeah, I guess believe things that other people say anymore. But somehow with our inner child, we are still believing things we learned, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Um, so it's really interesting to think about that, like you can, you can let that go. You don't have to believe anymore, everything. You can filter it in. Does it feel good? Does it feel right? Does that serve me? Then you can let it go. Um, yeah, I, uh, I guess I'll, I'll kind of move on to talking a little bit about how, how to heal from that, that potent inner critic. Um, so a lot of us, it starts out with, a lot of us live in a state for a long time where it's just background noise, where we don't even notice that we're talking so shitty to ourselves. We don't notice that there's this voice that's telling us things all day long. We don't, aren't aware of it. It's kind of just like a in the, in the background. And then when you really start like thinking, okay, huh, what is, what is that voice? That usually starts in situations where you become aware that you're saying something like, I am stupid. So you'll start to become aware of situations in where that in which that statement I'm just using that as an example that I am stupid you'll start to notice what kind of situations bring that up and then you'll hear the voice say it so you become you almost get like savvy with like okay what's going to bring up my inner critic right now starts as background noise then you start to become aware of the certain situations that trip you up or that make that voice come up and there's usually a certain theme around it. Like if you can figure it out that I am stupid, like it's usually a situation in which maybe you made a mistake. Maybe somebody was getting mad at you about something. Um, maybe, yeah, you, you got a question wrong. <laughs> you know, you'll start to notice that there's a theme around what brings up that voice. And once you can figure out that theme, you can better watch out for it. Okay, I'm in a situation where this theme is very similar and I know that that voice is going to start chattering. Do I have to listen to it? No. Um, and that's where that, that third part comes in is that you start to be able to talk to that voice, to question that voice. Where's the proof that I'm dumb? Am I the first one that has ever made a mistake? No. Am I going to be the last person that ever made a mistake? Is this going to be the last mistake I make? No. And Finding a way that you could be gentle with yourself in that capacity. Um, so one of the ways is, is yes, challenging it. Um, and what I personally like to do, this is my advice on it, because I think that everything, everything, all those parts of yourself that you don't like or that aren't helpful, really they're just looking for some love. So what I like to do if something like that comes up and inside my head I say you know 
I know you feel that way right now, Lisa, or I hear you, I see you, I know you're upset, but that's not true. You are not smart. And it's, it's important, you are not smart, that's funny. You are not dumb, look at me. Ah, that was funny. Um, you are smart, you are intelligent, and it's not to go in there and go, you're the most brilliant person in the world and just to inflate your ego. No, it's to say what's true. You have good ideas sometimes. Sometimes you do make mistakes, but that does not mean that you are not smart and that you are not intelligent. So I talk to it like I would a little child that was going through something that came up to me and said to me that they don't feel smart all the time. That's okay. <laughs> You're allowed to not feel smart all the time. Gosh, I've made mistakes too. You know, talking to it and personifying it almost and treating it like somebody that just really needs your compassion and your love. Um, I have found the greatest healing in that way because I think that when we shut it down and we go, okay, I can't think that thought. I'm not supposed to have that thought. That's not a good thought. That just makes it persist. That just makes it louder and stronger and angrier. And it's almost like when we can diffuse anger with love, we eradicate it. Um, and so that's like kind of the way that I've found helps me a lot when I start having thoughts or I'm feeling down or I'm hearing a belief repeat it's like okay you know what instead of turning away from it I'm gonna face it and I'm gonna talk to it and I'm gonna say I'm sorry you feel that way but here's what I think now that I'm an adult and I know better that I don't have to listen to you <laughs> um, the other thing that I, I do sometimes is I I I um, try to find you know it, it depends who, who it is you know if I feel like it's, it's that inner child then maybe I will approach it that way with with a lot of love and empathy but there are times in my life where I know that that is just somebody else's voice that I took and I believed was mine so I've done it a few times where I've had this horribly mean but bitchy voice in my head that's telling me I'm a piece of crap and all these horrible things um, and that I, I haven't gotten anywhere and I haven't done any work and I'm back to where I started and I kind of personify them in a way of like I'm picturing them I give them a name say I give them the name Shirley I picture this like how I would picture Shirley shaking her arms getting all crazy and just looking absolutely nuts and I just kind of see that as my inner critic is like wow you're kind of crazy hey <laughs> like why would I ever believe anything you say because you're so insane or you're you're not stable or you're not grounded or this just doesn't seem true so um it helps me and it almost gives you a good laugh and like comedic relief in the moment to try and like picture what that inner critic would look like and really see them for all that they are of just throwing a temper tantrum sort of to try and make you go back into a belief system that you've carried uh, that's definitely helped me you know the I'm scared and the you know I'm dumb and, and those kind of things a lot of the time I find that's your inner child but you know those just those there are times where it is not your voice and you can recognize it and you don't have to allow it to take up space you can recognize it and be like that's Shirley She's kind of a cunt. <laughs> I don't ever use that word. I don't know why that came up. Um, but 
if that helps you, I hope, I hope you're not offended by that word, but I just, uh, yeah, there's times where that's probably an applicable thing to call that, that voice. So, uh, that's something that I, the two things that have really helped me and I just recently realized that, you know, after doing this for years and years and years and years and years, I finally have an inner cheerleader in my head. I finally have a voice that is louder and that is there more of the time that tells me I'm doing great. You're doing good. You're doing awesome, Lisa. Keep going. You're compassionate. You're caring. All of these things that I never, ever was able to tell myself before. I probably spent the first how entire life basically shitting on myself. So to finally hear and feel that I've got this inner, not inner critic, what's the opposite of an inner critic? Inner cheerleader, it's incredible. And so I promise you that this work works. No matter what that inner critic is telling you at times, it works. I was recently thinking about, actually just before I, I came on here as I was driving, I was like, a lot of my inner critic will tell me, you know, when something goes wrong or uh, I'm in a dark place, mine will speak up and it'll tell me like, oh, you've just been tricking yourself. You're not better. You're not, um, you're not healing. You're, you're exactly where you used to be. And one thing that I always remind myself is that <laughs> just because I take one step back, that doesn't undo the 10 steps I just took forward. This is not a race. We're here for a long time. We've got how many hours in a day, how many days in a year, and how many years in our lives? <laughs> One step back, one moment of darkness, one week of darkness is nothing compared to your entire life. And trust me when I tell you that you have taken so many steps forward. So one step, half a step, two steps back, it's no big deal. Just remind yourself of that. If that resonates with you, if you feel like you get that voice as well and that it comes up for you. Yeah, <laughs> I think that pretty much sums up most of what I wanted to say about the inner critic. I know this is going to be a short one this week and I am very grateful for the opportunity to, to have this podcast, to speak to all of you, to connect with all of you. That's my main goal here. <laughs> All I want to do is um, to serve and to guide and um, connect with people. So I hope this finds you right. And I want you all to know that you are in power here. You are in control. And there'll be a lot of things that try to derail that, but just know that you are already whole and that you hold the power to change, to do anything you want. And so I hope that this finds you on a sunny day. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it brightens your day. But we will be back next week with another episode. And till then, 
Um, I wish you guys well. Thank you.